Welcome to the Book of Hebrews, everyone, a first century work of art. While this work is difficult to understand at times, if we wrestle with this masterpiece, this term, I believe that these pleasant words in this text will become like honeycomb, sweet to the soul. The effort and zeal it will take to understand Hebrews will indeed strengthen our tired hands and weaken knees. If following Jesus makes us weary, I believe that this brilliant work will refresh our entire beings, drawing us closer to God. But before we explore Hebrews today, I want to offer a brief introduction to this book. Firstly, the author of the Hebrews is actually unknown. Throughout history, scholars have said that it is someone close to Paul, maybe Luke, Barnabas, and Clement of Rome, their possible suggestions for the author. Since there is, however, no scholarly consensus, I agree with one fourth century theologian who said, who actually wrote the epistle? Only God knows. Secondly, the audience of the Hebrews, the audience of Hebrews is also unknown, but since the epistle is named Hebrews by the editor and is written in sophisticated Greek, the writing is likely addressed to Jewish Christians who live in a Greco-Roman culture. This group of Christians were members of a household church, which was led by a group of elders. Thirdly, Hebrews was written before AD 96. Since the author mentions that the church had not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood, severe persecution had not yet swept across the Roman Empire. Since Nero's persecution against Christians occurred in AD 64, Hebrews was likely dated 20 to 30 years after the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Fourthly, the epistle to the Hebrews is a word of exhortation. This letter is written in rhetorical Greek prose, a technique that seeks to place a person of praise beside a more superior person. Simply put, Hebrews is a sermon written to showcase the greatness of Jesus Christ and to call the church, the Hebrews, to follow Christ, even though they're experiencing severe pressure. And this brings me to the fifth point. Hebrews was written to encourage lethargic believers. Due to the social pressures the Hebrews were experiencing, members were being tempted to walk away from the community of faith altogether. By remembering the sufferings of Jesus, the supreme person, the Hebrews would remember that their path to, to eternal glory required steadfast endurance, a steadfast commitment to Jesus. And finally, Hebrews is deeply relevant to us today, our faith. Hebrews challenges us to ask questions about our values and priorities. Hebrews gives us a greater awareness of the gifts that God has provided us. And Hebrews encourages us to be intentional about establishing and maintaining Christian community. Now with our Hebrews bearings in mind, I believe we're ready to launch into this masterpiece. From the get-go, we'll see that Jesus is like no other. There's no other name like Jesus, for he is indeed the supreme son of God. 
I'd like to open up by looking at the first two verses. Let me read verses 1 to 2 as we seek to understand Jesus' supremacy, which is revealed through his word. Verses 1 and 2. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. Hebrews opens with the God who speaks. The author shows us how God has spoken in these two time periods, the Old Testament and the New Testament. In the Old Testament period, God spoke through the prophets to his people in many ways and at many times. This speech speech to Israel was partial, incomplete, spoken by many different people and agents. But now God has spoken fully and completely through one superior person, prophet. Jesus Christ. The word of Jesus is superior in the sense that he has fulfilled the word spoken by many people throughout the millenniums. It is a superior word because it is indeed fulfilled. I love what one scholar says about this. Ezekiel portrayed the glory of God, but Christ reflected it. Isaiah expounded the nature of God as holy, righteous and merciful, but God in Christ manifested it. Jeremiah described the power of God, but Christ displayed it. Because Christ is superior in the sense that he has fulfilled and bore the very nature of God, the proclamation of God through Jesus Christ is superior. The word of Christ in the New Testament is a superior word. But even though Jesus fulfills the word of the prophets, showing himself to be superior to them, this does not mean that the word of the prophets is second grade. Remember, all scripture is God-breathed. Even though the word came slowly over a millennium and remained unfulfilled for a while, the Old Testament is still the word of Jesus. The difference is that Jesus did not speak the Old Testament in his own flesh. He used finite, weak, fallible men and women to communicate his word in fragments over centuries. While many will harshly criticize this old word, calling it inconsistent, irrelevant, untrustworthy, we must grapple with the concerns of our critics. While we may at times be called fundamentalists or traditionalists for treasuring the whole word of God, we must showcase how the Old Testament is indeed reliable and richly points to the word spoken through the very flesh of Jesus Christ. While this at times requires blood, sweat and tears to faithfully understand and apply the Old Testament, I assure you, by being whole Bible believers, your view of Christ's supremacy revealed through his word will be magnified. And so if you do not have a regular Bible reading plan or devotional life, please talk to me. I would love to introduce you to a few options that will help you appreciate the supremacy of Christ's word that has been fulfilled in its fullness in the New Testament context, while remembering that the Old Testament still is 
the word of our Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, what makes it a superior word is that it is fulfilled through one man, Jesus Christ. In this first section now, the supremacy of Jesus was revealed through his word. Now let's look at verses 2 to 3, and we'll see that the supremacy of Jesus is also revealed through his person and work. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. The son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. In this passage here, the supremacy of Christ is highlighted in seven ways. Jesus was appointed heir of all things. Firstly, secondly, Jesus made the universe. Third, Jesus is the radiance of God's glory. Fourth, Jesus is the exact representation of God's being. Five, Jesus sustains all things by his powerful word. Six, Jesus provided purification for sins. And seven, Jesus sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. Believe it or not, but each of these points here are worthy of a sermon. They are full of rich meaning and fill you with a sense of awe and wonder. Jesus is our heir, our creator, our sustainer, our saviour, our king, God's radiance and God's representation. The sheer magnitude of Christ's person and work presented here is beyond human comprehension. It's indescribable in all its features and infinite in glory. But since we don't have time to unpack all these truths in these seven statements, it might be helpful to ask this question. What effect would this epic revelation of Christ's person and work have on the Hebrews? How would this declaration of Christ's supremacy affect these wavering, backsliding, socially pressured believers? Well, let me explain a few things here. In the ancient world, many people considered the emperor to be the heir of all things. Since the time of Julius Caesar, the emperors proclaimed themselves to be gods. However, the author of Hebrews says Jesus is in fact the heir of all things. Not Caesar, Jesus. The true God of the cosmos is Jesus. This declaration could therefore act as a warning, an exhortation. The effect could be, wake up, you Hebrews, while you are experiencing intense pressures to conform to the political systems of Caesar right now. Remember that you don't belong to Caesar. You belong to Jesus. While Caesar claimed to be the father of his country, the guardian of the Roman Empire, the protector of the whole world, his power was limited. God had exalted Jesus Christ to the highest place and given him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth. But not only that, the word of Jesus brought creation into being and now sustains the entire cosmos. No earthly power deserves our full allegiance 
only Jesus Christ. He should be the true king of our heart. By remembering that Jesus is the only supreme one, the Hebrews would be more inclined to trust in him and his word, even when life made it extremely difficult to do so. If the Hebrews understood that all things exist because they are supported and directed by Christ's supreme word, then they would remember that this includes their faith. Craig Coister, a scholar, says this, the word of Christ that bears all things also bears the listeners in their pilgrimage of faith. And as pilgrims on the way to glory ourselves, I pray that you'll also remember that your faith must be sustained by the one who stands above all, Jesus Christ. May your faith be sustained by his word. This is particularly important to remember when our faith is threatened. An important exercise might be to determine what our counterfeit Caesars are. What are the things in our life? that are vying for our attention, seeking to enslave our affections. What things shout out, if you trust in me as your Lord, the heir of all things, the worries of life will be taken away. What objects promise to fill us with joy and meaning apart from King Jesus? Well, friends, let me provide an example for this. Caesars can still take on the form of a political power today. I'm continually surprised by the reactions people have when a person we do not desire to be elected is placed into a position of power. Often when this happens, we try to let the world know and condemn their leadership. Consider the inauguration of Joe Biden. Many people placed all their hopes and dreams into Trump's presidency. When their Caesar lost his throne, these individuals literally started a mob. Rioters hit the street in the name of Jesus Christ and did things that, you would, that would cause you to question their allegiance, their authenticity, the authenticity of their faith and allegiance to Christ. Friends, There are many seasons, gods that vie for our attention, our allegiance, our faith. Since these things destroy faith in Jesus, we must remember that these powers are limited. There is only one true heir of the creation, one creator, one sustainer, one saviour, one king. His name is Jesus. Our faith can only be sustained if we fix our eyes on him each day. In our church, studying the written word and eating the sacramental word sustains our faith. And so to sustain your allegiance to Jesus in the pressures of this life, I encourage you to ask this question each day. How will I be filled by the supreme word of Christ? That word that is sustaining all life on earth. How will you be sustained by Jesus? Well, friends, in this second section, we explore the exaltation of the Son of God, his supremacy. 
In the final verse, the supremacy of Jesus is revealed through his status. I encourage you to look at verse 4 now in Hebrews chapter 1. So he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. Now that the Son is exalted, the author of Hebrews declares that Jesus is much greater than the angels. For Jewish Christians, angels were considered the most powerful, respected, and authoritative beings outside God. Since the angels delivered the law to the prophet Moses, they were highly esteemed, even above Moses. But there is a greater mouthpiece, one whose name is greater than the angels, Jesus Christ. The status of Jesus, his name, his title, his rank, his reputation is more superior to the angels. Since Jesus has been highly exalted, the good news of the gospel is cosmic in scale. Jesus is literally above all things, physical and spiritual. That's right. Apply it to your everyday. Jesus is over our plans, our social medias, our marriages. He stands above our hopes and dreams, our health, over our calendars, our guilt, our shames, over all our problems and pains. Jesus is above every Goliath we will face, every sea that blocks the way of faith. The glory of Jesus is superior. And by beholding the glory of Christ by faith, we shall find rest for our souls. I love what one Puritan scholar said long ago. Our minds are apt to be filled with troubles, fears, cares, dangers, distresses, ungoverned passion and lusts. By these, our thoughts are filled with chaos, darkness and confusion but where the soul is fixed on the supremacy of christ then the mind finds rest let me say that last line again but where the soul is fixed on the supremacy of christ then the mind finds rest by naming the things that can disrupt our faith If that be a health crisis, a financial pain, a broken relationship, whatever it is, know that Christ stands above it. Many people in our congregations are experiencing heartache right now. I think of those farmers who are somewhat connected to our church community. Many of them are fearing another storm, a shower of rain, because they fear that they will lose their harvest. Others in our congregation are going through intense health crises where they feel like they are dependent children again. Others are going through great pressures when it comes to financial strain, not knowing if they can put another meal on their table due to the fear of not getting paid by those who they're working for. 
Once you name the roadblock to, by faith, I pray that you'll bring it to God in prayer, knowing that Christ stands supreme over all the pains that you are enduring right now, all the intense pressures that you're enduring right now. And as you draw close to God's throne with thanksgiving, I pray that God will listen to your prayers, and indeed he will listen to your prayers and respond to those prayers even if it's not how you would expect it to be answered. But the point is to hold on to faith in this time. And as you fix your entire being on the Lord who reigns, I pray that you experience immeasurable rest as you remember that Christ stands above it all. That Christ stands above all pains, pressures that you will face because he is indeed superior. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that this unknown author crafted the masterpiece, which is known as Hebrews, to a community which was wavering in their allegiance to Christ. We thank you that he showcases how Christ's word is superior, that his status is superior, And that his person and work is superior. And as we reflect upon the truth that Christ is above all, including our pressures today, I pray that we'll find great comfort and rest as we draw draw towards your throne in Christ Jesus our Lord. We pray this in your mighty name. Amen.